Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Read this with me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Tonight I want to endeavor to teach from Wisdom's storehouse on trust in the Lord. You may be seated. Trust in the Lord. How many knows and understands the power of trust? When, when someone says, I trust you, that's something money can't buy. That's something that it, it's really almost indescribable when someone says they trust you. That's greater than any riches. That's greater than any possessions. That's greater than any attainments in life. When someone says they trust you. What if you were, you know, you were wealthy and needed someone to manage your assets? Whom would you trust? What if you could no longer take care of your children? Whom would you trust to properly care for them? Or what if you really needed someone to confide in? Who would that be? One of the most difficult things in life for people is to relinquish control to someone else because when you trust them you really make yourself vulnerable when you open that heart to trust someone you relinquish control to someone else but further difficulty comes when we are asked to totally depend on that person to lead us this is also the case when it comes to our trust in God we often find It is difficult to relinquish control to him and completely depend upon him to lead and guide us. We are trusting a God who we cannot see, who we've never seen. Now, he has filled us with his spirit. We have felt his presence and power. We know that he's real, but it still is a trust factor when we relinquish our control to him. And then we read the Proverbs that said, lean not to our own understanding. Well, I think I've got this thing figured out. I think, man, I've got it. I've got life figured out. And then we realize, you know what? I'm not as smart as I thought I was. I don't have it all together. But when we trust in the Lord, changes everything because our faith and dependence is not on what I can do it's on what he can do through me if you believe that say amen the Bible teaches us that we should learn to wait on God how many knows that's easy that's not the easiest thing to do when the answer is not yes and it's not no but it's wait There's a lot of times when that's the answer. It's not yes or no. It's just wait. But it takes trust to wait on God. The primary purpose of this waiting is not to teach us patience, but rather to teach us trust. Do I trust God? 
do I believe his word is true? If I do, I will trust him in all things. So why should I trust in God? Why should you trust in God? If you've got your syllabus, you'll see it on the screen. We need to understand that he is concerned for you. Do you believe the Lord is truly concerned for you? A lot of times we live life and we get in precarious situations. Life happens. Life has its crooks and turns. And we question, God, do you even care? Are you even concerned where I'm at, what I'm going through, how I'm feeling? But we need to come to a firm grip and understanding tonight that his concern for you is genuine. Genuine concern is hard to find. Have you ever had a friend that when you, when you talk to them, when you, you, maybe you picked up the phone and you said, I just need to bear my soul, and you felt that genuine concern? That's hard to find. That's hard to even find or define, that genuine concern. We know people can be fickle with true feelings. One day they seem as if they truly care, and the next they may act as if you don't even exist. But the truth of the matter is we need someone who is concerned. Aren't you glad we got a God who is concerned about who we are, where we are, what we're doing? He understands who we are. 1 Peter 5 and 7 tells us that we should cast all our cares or anxieties on him for he cares about you. The word anxieties encompasses not only anxiety, but also our worries, our fears, and even our cares. The only way you can cast those worries, fears, and cares, and I'll just lump them all together and say anxieties, the only way that can happen is we trust who we're casting them on to. A lot of times we can cast them on to social media. We can, we can get behind a keyboard and cast our cares and the world sees them. But I want to ask us tonight, how many times have we paused and took a, a spiritual time out and says, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to take time and I'm going to cast them on the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and let him care for me because he can care for me like nobody else. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. We must trust God. And one of the key words in this is when I cast, I hold nothing back. I give everything to God. So many times we give what we want him to have. We keep something back. Well, I don't know if God can handle this. I don't know if God can take care of this. We've got to cast all our cares. Why should we cast all our care? Why should we cast all of our anxieties? Because he cares for us. He understands. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He know, He's been tempted. Well, he's never been tempted like me. Oh, no. He's been tempted just in the same manners that we have. That's why we can trust him. He's been through the things that we've been through. He's been through loss. He's been through sin. He, he's seen it all. Hallelujah. And yet, we withhold things. We try to carry them. We, we, we try to be that macho. I, I can handle this. I can do this. 
But God said, I can do what you can't do when you trust me. Matthew 6 and 8 lets us know that the Lord knows what we have need of before we ask. The word further tells us that the very hairs of your head are numbered. Your days are even numbered. He knows your downsetting and your uprisings. Whatever you are concerned with, he is concerned with. If you're concerned with it and you cast it into his presence, he becomes concerned with it. That's how, that's how much our God loves us. I'm thankful for If you're thankful for that, say amen. So we've got to believe tonight. Number one, he is genuinely concerned with us. Number two, and it's all, it, it, it links to trust. Sometimes I don't think we believe this about God. He is capable. Well, I just don't know if God can do this. Wouldn't it be wonderful every time you went to the doctor, the banker, the mechanic, the repairman, the lawyer, they would always be able to help you. But life just isn't like that. All too often we are told there is no fix, there's no cure, there's no repair. I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. But that's not the case with God. God is capable of helping with each and every circumstance in your life. Your circumstance is not going to catch God off guard. He's capable to handle whatever you give him. Matter of fact, Luke 37 tells us very pointedly, for nothing is impossible with God. If nothing is impossible with God, why are we doubting his capability? If we understood the capability of God, I believe tonight in this house we would surrender things we've held on to. We would put needs and circumstances into his nail-scarred hands. And we would just see how capable our God is. What if we like the children of Israel, limit him because we don't believe he's capable. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. We limit God because we don't feel he's capable of doing what his word said he can do. When I read the word nothing, if you go to Dr. Google and look up the word nothing, it means nothing. That's like the word all. It means all. Nothing means that, nothing. There is no sickness, there's no disease, there's no heartache, there's no stress, there's no situation, there's no circumstance that he cannot change. Think of this. The scripture says nothing is impossible with God. Correctly, we interpret that to mean that God can do anything. But when you read it again, it also is saying that for God to do nothing would be impossible. God is willing and able to act on our behalf. You mean, Pastor, me? I hadn't done everything right. I hadn't said everything. No, no. When you put your faith and confidence and trust in God, He honors His word and says, nothing is impossible for me. He doesn't say you got to be perfect for me to stand on the scene and say peace to the storm. He didn't, he didn't say in his word, well, you've got you've to quit doing all of these things before de deliverance comes. No, 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 no. Deliverance comes, it shows up, and the miracle takes place, and then you are a new creature. 
Hallelujah. You've just got to come to Jesus and say, just as I am, I come. Just as I am. The legion didn't get rid of the devils, Brother Weaver, before he got to Jesus. He brought the devils with him to the feet of Jesus. And when he got to Jesus, the devils were handled. Why? Because he cared and was capable to handle the situation. We just got to have a fresh revelation. Wherever I'm at, whatever I'm going through, he's capable. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 states, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We aren't talking about a weak, anemic God who can barely meet the needs of his creation. We are talking about a God who can not only meet the need, but also go above and beyond the minimum answer. He does this by his power that works in us. That power gives us confidence to trust him in everything in our life. Everything. Somebody say everything. When we trust him, it's everything in our life. James Brown, not the singer, but pastor of Evangeline Baptist Church in Wildsville, Louisiana. In the periodical, discoveries related the following. There is no situation I can get into that God cannot get me out of. Some years ago when I was learning to fly, my instructor told me to put the plane in a steep and extend, extended dive. I was totally unprepared for what was about to happen. After a brief time, the engine stalled and the plane began to plunge out of control. It soon became evident that the instructor was not going to help me at all. After a few seconds, which seemed like eternity, my mind began to function again, and I quickly corrected the situation. Immediately, I turned to the instructor and began to vent my fearful frustrations on him. And he very calmly said to me, There's no position you can get this airplane into that I can't get you out of. If you want to learn to fly, go up there and do it again. At that moment, God seemed to be saying to me, and I quote, Remember this as you serve me, and there is no situation you can get yourself into that I cannot get you out of. If you trust me, you will be all right. That lesson has proven true in my ministry and in your lives over and over and over again through the years. Aren't you thankful when your life was taking on a dive, when you thought you was about to, to, to come crashing down, the Lord took care of the controls and said, oh, no, boy, you can, you can make it through this. You're going to come through this. I'm an on-time God. I'll see you through. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you feel tonight you're in a situation. I just don't know if I get myself out of it. I, I, it's going, no, 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 no. If you trust God, you can come out of it. You can come through it. Uh, he's not only genuine. He's not only capable. Let me tell you about the God I trust. Brother McClellan, he's consistent. 
I said, the Lord is consistent. Remember when a man's handshake was his bond? Remember the days when you could trust folks to do what they said? Times and people have changed. Can I get a witness? Hebrews 13 and 8 declares Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. How many people do you know that you could say the same thing about? But it's so assuring tonight on this Wednesday night Bible study. That the same God that led Abraham can lead us. The same God that spoke with Moses still speaks to us. The same God who provided quail and manna still provides for us. The same God who delivered Israel delivers us over and over and over again. Why? Because he's consistent. I said he's consistent. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9 states that God is, somebody say it, faithful. I said, God is faithful. Notice it does not say that God's faithfulness is predicated upon anything else. No, he is faithful whether we are or not. Aren't you glad God's faithfulness is, it's not dependent upon our faithfulness. God's faithful because it's his character. It's who he is. And God desires that in us. But God's faithful whether I am or not. I said, God's faithful whether I am or not. We can trust him. A God who is the same every day, who is faithful to us. I'm, I'm so thankful that God does not have good days or bad days. I'm so glad COVID-19 didn't take God by surprise. I'm glad the, the, the climate that we're living in right now and, and just everything in this world that's seemingly turned upside down. God, you think God ever got worried today? Some have said, man, God's worried about certain things. God ain't never worried about not one thing. Matter of fact, he never slumbers or sleeps. He's large and in charge. He, he doesn't worry about. That's not a God that you can trust. If he's worried about what's going on. No, 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 no. He sits high and looks low. He knows what we're going through. And I've already about read the back of the book. We win. He, he's so consistent. He's playing the devil uh, like a chess game. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he's always consistent and faithful on time. So, we know we serve a God that we can trust. I answered the question, why should we trust God? Now I want to answer the question, when should we trust God? Real trust is not an on and off thing. Real trust in God is a, everybody say relationship. Built on the understanding that he deserves and is worthy of our trust in all things. When it comes down to it, there are two times we should trust him. Trust him in times of adversity. We all have times of adversity. It is during these times that our trust is put to the test. And adversity many times comes or causes us to fear. Several times in Scripture, David proclaimed his struggle with fear was conquered by his trust in God. 
If you want your fear conquered, it's time to examine your trust in God. Psalms 3 and 6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Psalms 23 and 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Psalms 27 and 1, the Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David went on further to say in Psalms 56, 4, for in God I trust, I will not be afraid. Somebody needs that word right there that David spoke for in God I trust I will not be afraid. You need to receive that right now in the Holy Ghost. You got to understand what David is saying. He is saying that we are responsible to trust and obey God. I said we are to trust. It's our responsibility to trust. While that sounds good it is actually a very difficult thing to do in some areas of our life. We, we're usually willing to trust God with the easy and mundane things of life. But what about when it comes to an area of our life that is beyond our understanding or control? What if we don't understand what's happening? What if things are out of control? It is then when we want to control. We, we want to get back a hold of the steering wheel. We want to get back a hold of it and try to control and ask God, how is he going to work things out? What he wants us to do in those times is to trust and obey him. Trust would have no value if we could work everything out or had all the answers. I said trust would have no value if we could do everything ourselves. Samuel Rutherford quoted in Prodigals and Those Who Love Them, 1991. And I love this. Duties are ours. Events are God's. When our faith goes to meddle with events and to hold account upon God's providence and beginneth to say, how wilt thou do this or that? We lose ground. We have nothing to do there. It is our part to let the Almighty exercise his own office and steer his own helm. There is nothing left for us but to see how we may be approved of him and how we roll the weight of our weak souls upon him who is God omnipotent. And when we thus assay miscarrieth, it shall neither be our sin nor our cross. I know that was a mouthful of words there. But it comes down to the point. We do what we can do. And we leave God's business up to God. And let God do, do what. But when we start meddling in what God does best. We start messing things up. We kind of get the cart before the horse and we, we start doing, we start trying to handle events instead of just being faithful. Just doing the duties that we're called to do. How many have understood that God will use adversity to teach us to trust him? In this life, Job, we find an excellent example of trust in adversity. 
Job was a human as you and I are. He had the same dreams, hopes, questions, and fears that we all do. But it was during Job's trials he was confronted with his weakness and his need to trust God. Listen to the statements of his trust in God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That tells me that man trust. He trusted in God. He trusted in God that God was going to see him through where he was at. And you knew what? You know what? Because of that trust, God gave him double for his trouble. God gave him double of the possessions and the children that he, he gave him double what he lost. Why? Because he trusted God. See, we trust him. In times of plenty. This is probably one of the traps of trust. Is when God starts blessing, we quit trusting. Trust in Him in times of plenty. It is important that we mature our relationship of trust. To the point that we trust him when things are good in our life. Well, I got a raise on my job this week, Pastor. Hallelujah. I trust. You know what that was? That was the favor of God. That was, that was because I've been faithful and I've been obedient where I'm at. So God, God honored that. When we trust God in the plenty, the season of plenty. What we do is we mature in our relationship of trust. There is a, a very real risk of becoming self-dependent as God blesses. Anybody would just be honest and say, you know what, I understand what you're talking about, Pastor. You got more money than you ever had in your life. Living in a better house than you've ever lived. Driving cars, got, got toys, and I'm, I'm pro all of that. But you know what? At the end of the day, we're at the end of the day. Have you been to the gas tank lately? Eighty-six dollars to fill her up today. I'm like, come on, Joe, help us. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. What's going on in our world? You know, we're one one morning waking up and the stock market crashing. It's going good now. It, things, are, things on one side of the spectrum are going good. We're being blessed beyond measure. But at the end of the day, we can never get so blessed in plenty that we become self-dependent and we forget where it all comes from. We can never forget in this church, God has blessed us abundantly. But as your pastor, I'm sending the, the, the clarion call. Remember where the blessings have come from. Every day you get up, God, thank you for your. 
I trust you in the seasons and times of plenty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Got more jobs than I can go see right now. Got more business than I've ever had. But you know, work, being blessed and promoted and more hours, more jobs, more favor. There ought to be a thank you, Lord, in your spirit. There ought to be, Lord, I can't wait to pray. You know what you do? It develops trust in the time of plenty. Too many folks trust God in adversity only to have him help them, and then they lose their trust. In the please me world that we live in, people fall in love with the blessing more than the one who blesses. We got to remember the blessor. We're enjoying the blessing, but where did it come from? Every now and then I just have to pause. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for that phone call today. Thank you, Lord, for that contract today. Thank you, Lord. I felt a Holy Ghost shouting it because I know the blessings of the Lord that are upon you as families and, and businesses, self-employed. You work for companies and God's blessing you. Don't ever graduate to a point that you get so self-confident, I don't need God. I'm so dependent now. I don't need God. No, 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 no. I, I, I keep my trust in check where, Lord, I can't do it without you. Matter of fact, I sing the song every now and then. Brother Tanner, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Brother Paul, I can't walk without you. Well, my Lord, I'm a grown man, 47 years old. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I can't even go day to day without you holding my hand. That's where my trust comes in. In the times of plenty. I would be a fool, Sister Bell, to think we've got this far and God's blessed us this much to think we've arrived and we can do it all by ourselves. Because just that quick, God can turn the tape, God can turn the faucet. God can allow adversity to come and God can allow life to happen. Remember, Job said, The Lord giveth and taketh away. There is not a material blessing that we possess that we are guaranteed to have forever. Anybody ever lived through a house fire? I have. I'll never forget just graduating high school. I was in the mountains. My sister and I with family in the church to get the call. Our house has burned. Lost everything. And I'm like, my mom and dad were, you know, just blue-collar workers. Not made a lot of money in their life. Dual income home, working hard, providing three bedroom, one bath house. No, nothing fancy, nothing nice. And I'm like, Lord, how? Why? Only to realize my mom and daddy never missed a beat. I watched them go through the ashes and thank God and the insurance check would be written and we, we'd go buy something nicer. They didn't back down on their trust of God because life happened to them. Life happened to our family. We just said, you know what? God must have a plan. He must have something better for us. We're going to worship and praise God even when we don't understand what's going on. You're not guaranteed to have the material blessings forever. In a moment's time, we're going to lose everything we have. 
It is only our trust in God that will sustain us. It is the fact that, that God continually built an altar during the times of plague. Job continually built an altar during the times of plenty that sustained him during times of adversity. That altar you build, that altar, that prayer life, that commitment, that devotion, that dedication, it's what's going to carry you through seasons of adversity. Hallelujah. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he desires our trust to be the same way. Trust Him in times of plenty. I will close with the blessings of trusting God. The blessings of trusting God. The following scripture tells us the blessings of trusting God. Psalms 5 and 11. But let all those rejoice who puts their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. <laughs> There's a blessing in trusting God. Psalms 9 and 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Psalm 17, 7. O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee. From those that rise against them. Psalms 18 and 30. As for God his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust in him. Psalms 31 19. Oh how great is thy goodness. Which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee. Before the sons of men. Psalms 34, 22, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. 37 and 3, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Psalms 37 and 5, commit thy way unto the Lord, and trust also in him, and he shall bring it. Past. I'm talking about the blessing of trusting God. Psalms 37 and 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Psalms 125 and 1, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed but abideth forever. I don't know if you picked up on key words in what I just said. When we trust, he defends. When we rejoice or when we trust, he doesn't forsake. When we trust, he saves. When we trust, he protects. When we trust, his goodness overshadows us when we trust he redeems our soul when we trust we are fed when we trust he brings to pass what he said he would do when we trust deliverance takes place when we trust we are like mount zion a city set on a hill abideth 
forever. Hansel, in his book, Holy Sweat, recounts the following stories. One day while my son Zach and I were out in the country, climbing around in some cliffs, I heard a voice from above me yell, Hey, Dad, catch me. I turned around to see Zach jumping off a rock straight at me. He had jumped, then yelled, Hey, Dad. I became an instant circus act catching him. We both fell to the ground, and for a moment after I caught him, I could hardly talk when I found my voice again. I gasped in aspiration. Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? He responded with remarkable calmness. Sure, because you're my dad. His whole assurance was based in the fact that his father was trustworthy. He could live life to the hilt because I could be trusted. Isn't this even more applicable for us spirit-filled believers tonight? We have a God who is our heavenly Father that can be trusted. Are you on the cliff tonight? Do you feel like jumping? Are, are, are your circumstances, are they overwhelming you and you wonder, God, are you there? Yes, I'm here, son. Yes, I'm here, daughter. Just trust me. If you could hear the voice of God tonight, he would say, jump into my arms. Come into my arms. Why don't you cast all your cares upon me? I care for you. If you trust him, you will trust him to care for you. Stand to your feet all over this house. Mm. Those of you that are watching online tonight, thank you for joining us, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. I want to tell somebody he's concerned for you. He's capable to handle what you give him. And he's consistent. You can trust him in times of adversity. You can trust him in times of plenty. And the blessings of God are so amazing. When you trust him, they come to fruition. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we can do nothing without you. I thank you for the wise proverb tonight. There is blessings and there's representatives of blessing in this house tonight. Lord, you have blessed us as a people abundantly. You have given us strength and you've given us health and you have given us provisions you have given us the ability, the wisdom, the understanding, the favor of God. And Father, I ask you right now, 
that we could come to a fresh revelation and come into a covenant with you tonight that I will trust you at all times. I will trust you at all times. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. You'll sing the song that, that we, we sang many times. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. It happened this week for many. I, I know many, many incidences just this week where the mailman run just on time. Didn't know how you were going to make it. But God came through. You were waiting on the doctor's report. And they called and said, no cancer. It's nowhere else in your body. We were able to get all of it with a surgery. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but because you trusted him. And you were faithful when it would have been easy to throw in the towel and question God. What are you doing, God? What are you trying? But God proved once again, he can be a God to be trusted. As we get ready to be dismissed, there are those in this room that you would like to, you'd like to trust God and come into agreement with the principle of giving. If you're not a tither, I want to encourage you tonight. Engage in the principle of tithing. Because what it really says is, God, I trust you with my finances. I trust you that you can do more with 90% blessed than 100% cursed. I want to say thank you to this church. You have, and I say this very thankfully, this church is blessed abundantly. Because of your faithfulness and trust in God. And because of that, God's favor and blessing is upon us. And we're able to do so much that more than we've ever dreamed or asked. But tonight, I want someone to come in covenant and say, God, I'm going to trust you in the realm of my finances. In Jesus' name. As you, as you march and give and shake hands and be seen.